Beyond Sin 358. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. Let's do this. It's time for Marco Marek and Andy Last to catch up and listen to great tunes. The Marco and Andy Power Hour is up next. It's the Marco and Andy Power Hour. With Andy Last. You don't like stir any chocolate or anything. And Marco Marek. No, no, nobody stirs chocolate, Andy. We've got machines that do that now. Do you want to do the little, uh... The intro? Oh, I hate when you make me do that. Um, it's your job. <laughs> the job I pay you so well for. Oh, come on. I, just, I hate it. You put too much pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> Marco wins. Fatality. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Marco and Andy's Power Hour. That's right. We did it. Yes. <laughs> another another one in the bag. We don't even have to fucking say anything. <laughs> well, anyways, look, it's true. Okay, we're here. It's the uh, the Marco and Andy Power Hour. That was Marco Merrick, Australian. Yeah, Australian. That's right. That's my defining feature. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, of course, uh, Andy, Canadian. <laughs> And together we formed uh, an international partnership. Did we? <laughs> I guess that's a weird way to word it. Never mind. That's kind of cool. I never thought of it that way, I guess. The point is this. You know, I had another show I was going to debut this week. Oh. There's a new uh, Beyond Synth show where uh, I uh, I chat with former guests and we talk about our favorite video games. Cool. But this is this is more like uh, an emergency. I was like, you know what? We got to do a we got to do a power hour because I watched for the first time in my life Miami Connection. Ha <laughs> yeah. And this movie was so awesome that I'm like, ah, oh, we got to talk about this now. I don't want to wait for the round table. I don't want to wait for anything. Like I wanted to mm. just it's like I got to get my thoughts out. I know you've seen it. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, it's so good. And, of course, I got some letters to read as well. I'm trying to, um, I was going to say clean my closet. Is that the expression? Uh, that sounds like you might have some sexual shit going on. <laughs> <maybe>. Suppressing. <laughs> I probably wouldn't word it that way, Andy. <laughs> is there something you need to tell us, mate? Yeah, there is. <laughs> The point is, why? Well, but like, <laughs> what's the point? Like, I, like I'm worried that like someone's gonna. Anyway, listen. Yeah. Um, how you been? I've been doing pretty good, man. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy working and playing video games and sh- watching shitty movies. You know, stuff like that. The usual stuff. So what? Uh, now, have you seen anything of note that I should add to my list? I, I'm, I've almost finished watching uh, just before we started recording. Actually, I, t- I, I paused it. I'm near the end of a uh, '80s horror movie called. Uh, a trauma movie called uh, Blood Hook, which is pretty <laughs> fucking funny. It's pretty funny. I yeah. love the fucking titles, man. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. This is like a fishing one, like a fishing fucking. Uh... <laughs> Fuck. it's, it's pretty funny. Uh... You know, I'm I'm really starting to understand now. Um, especially through Tubi, because there were so many movies that were, like, interconnected. Yeah. And I get it if you're a B-movie aficionado, you know all about this, but those fucking Full Moon productions... Yeah. So many of those, like, straight-to-video 
movies from like the 90s and shit or all these full moon productions and they have this interconnected universe like this is like mm-hmm. before fucking marvel where you got puppet master but then you have the demonic toys and then you have puppet master versus demonic toys and then there's doll man <laughs> and then doll man versus the demonic toys <laughs> and doll man is the same actor who plays the fucking guy in trancers and there's like six trancers movies there's like so many dude there's so much shit I gotta fucking get caught up on because... It's so much. I've only even seen, like, the first Puppet Master, I think, all the way through. And there's, like, 15 of them. I've only seen the first one, too. I've only seen the first one as well. I've only seen the first Trances, which was pretty good. But i still only seen... And it's still on my list, but I just haven't got around to watching it. I just don't have enough time, I guess. One day I'll get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> These are all very Im- <laughs> these are important things, man. We got to oh, fucking yeah. anyway. Well, how about this? Yeah, uh, let's listen to a song and then uh, we will. We got to talk about fucking Miami Connection, man. This is oh, fucking yes, wild. Do. So <laughs> I got a track here from Jesse Muck, and uh, this is a cool song to uh, start the show because you know I love cool bass lines and things. And this song's got it. This song's got it. It's from his album Night Shifter. This is Fluo Tail Lights.
All right, and that was Fluo Taillights by Jesse Muck from the album Night Shifter. And we're back here on the Marco and Andy Power Hour. I'm Andy. That's Marco. I just pointed for fuck's sakes. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I should say I do get suggestions for uh, movies to watch from the listeners. Yes. And uh, an awesome uh, patron, Alex Seligson, uh, he wrote me a bunch, and on the top of the list, he said some of his favorite awful action movies are Miami Connection, of course, and then he also mentioned Cocaine Wars, Stone Cold, Champagne and Bullets, Rotor, and Six String Samurai. So I've I've added all those to the list, and I've fucking just checked off... Miami Connection and uh, another listener David Turner I think he was messaging me on Instagram and he told me to watch Enemy Gold Hard Ticket to Hawaii and Malibu Express have you seen any of those? Hard Ticket to Hawaii is pretty fucking funny yeah it's a classic I think you might like that one it's so bad it's good yeah most of the other ones I haven't seen actually so I I gotta check them out too but do you see what I mean like I watch so many movies and there's still so many it's just crazy how many there is well, yeah, David Turner says, Dude, watch Enemy Gold on Tubi. Gold. The opening scene is amazing. I have watched it multiple times. Plus, the chick is hot as fuck, and you see boobies. You're welcome. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> There's no, there's no other way to see boobies at this day and age unless you're watching some cheap action movie on Tubi. So there you go. <laughs> we still have to see Megaforce. There's another one. So there's so many. There's so many. I'm sort of borrowing from some of the comments I read underneath Miami Connection, but I think what makes it special is, like, a lot of the So Bad They're Good movies often are, like, kind of these horror films. Yeah. And, or, like, you know, there's, like, The Room and Troll 2 and shit, and they're all kind of depressing. And Mm. what's funny about Miami Connection is it's, like, this really earnest movie about the power of friendship and stuff. And so, (laughs) like, I had seen that scene on YouTube before at the end when all the ninjas fight and then fucking Jim gets, like, sliced up with the sword. And... I had no idea until I watched the movie that he doesn't die in that scene. I know. How does he not die? Come on. But that's amazing. Like that's so like I was ridiculous. thinking like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. They killed him and then like and then that, that whole ending with the dad and like the, <laughs> the fucking, uh, I know dad and he's got that fake gray hair or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Every scene, like I yeah. was I've been meaning to make a video about well, the video. I'll make it for it's literally one second <laughs> long because um, other people will say will will message me. Even my wife, she wanted me to watch like Velasa Pastor one time, and I started oh watching it. And I'm just like, dude, like I'm not here for so this. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. And and someone was just like, oh, you're gonna watch Meth Gator. Um, no. Which I guess no. is just a play on fucking Cocaine Bear. And here's the deal. Okay. Like, this is what drives me nuts. Is like, y- you don't get to decide that your, B- that your B movie is so bad it's good. Like, that's not up to you. No. Like, it bugs no. me that these people... They, they think, oh, I'll just come up with a wacky title, and then now I've made a cult, I've made a cult classic. It's like, no, you didn't. Like, that's not how this fucking <laughs> not how works. works. Mm. And it drives me nuts. So all that kind of shit, when people message me and tell me to watch stuff like that, it's like, it's fucking like Robo Tiger or whatever. I'm like, dude, no. If it was made this year, no. Nah, nah. Or fucking, because like, it's just people... Pretending to make a B movie and they fucking suck. It has to be pure. It has to be fucking from the heart. You can't fake it. And Miami Connection was just the most genuinely 
This sounds stupid, but like I actually really liked it. <laughs> like, I was- no, it is. That's why. That's why it's got so much attention because it is. It is really unique. I mean, it's entertaining. You don't watch it and go, oh, I'm fucking bored. You know, you don't at all. As ridiculous as it is, the dialogue, I mean, even the way it's shot is pretty cool. There's a lot of cool uh, locations and scenes, and I don't know. There's something special about it. But like you said, when they made it, they were like, oh, this is good. You know, this is some fuck so bad it's good. No, you know, it wasn't until way later somebody rediscovered that movie and was like, oh, my God, this is fucking, this is classic, you know. <laughs> And, and then all these people kind of agreed. Yes, you know this is a cult classic. And also, like it, it like the score was pretty good. <laughs> like I like the score. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the songs are good. We'll talk about those. And like <laughs> I laughed from start to finish. Like I was like, this is yeah such an awesome movie. The fact that like the introduction of the film, it's like it's so long before they introduce the main characters, and it's really. It takes a long time. It took me a long time to figure out who the main character was supposed to be. Yeah. I still don't really know. <laughs> like, the whole plot, it doesn't make any sense either. Like, it's literally... What is it? It's a bunch of fucking bikey ninjas that, uh, <laughs> you know, they moved in and want to fucking take over the cocaine fucking, you know, of the area, the trafficking or whatever. And then, for some reason, <laughs> it's just a band at a nightclub are a problem. They, they, they're, they're like the... They're the nicest people. They don't, you know, they, they're really nice, but they got to take them out. Otherwise, they can't sell cocaine in the area. It just makes no sense. What I, I think I loved about the movie was it's like it was written by a kid. Yeah. Because as yeah. I was watching and I'm like, wait a second, like they're putting so much weight on this band where they're like, as soon as we remove this band, then we can we can take over the area. I'm like, what? And then the band who used to work the club, yeah. who doesn't get to work the club anymore. And I'm like, what's sort of club only hires one band like could you imagine yeah. going to a club and every <laughs> night it's the same fucking band like <laughs> who fucking and, and, sing songs about karate uh, like it's like <laughs> i know and they were fucking university students or whatever college students they're all orphans well that and they live together or something and then they play in this weird band with Taekwondo fucking as part of their act it's like what? The, the fucking oh my god yeah the scene with the, the main dude well I guess I guess YK Kim is the main guy he has to be yeah he has to be even though his yeah. English is so bad and like that scene was awesome where it's just like I thought we were all orphans <laughs> he overacts some of the scenes so much too the emotion is like Jesus Christ okay. dude did you you catch what? we gotta listen to a song but I'll just say I was oh, yeah, skimming yeah. through I only watched the movie once and even when I skim through it I have it open on my computer right now I'm looking at it and even as I click through it there is shit I didn't even catch like there's a scene later on you know where they all live together yes and there's a scene where like YK Kim is like feeding the other guys grapes yeah how you know, fucking weird is that and they're I just know. like kind of joking around and then he hand feeds his <laughs> grapes <laughs> I was like, I didn't even catch that the first time. I'm like, what a weird, like, fucking character thing. And they walk up to him, and like, the way he, like, shoves the grapes in the guy's mouth, like the guy with the mustache, I'm like, that's weird. And then he feeds the other guy grapes. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. It is so good. Um, Well, look, let's uh, listen to some music. (laughs) All right. All right, I got a track for you, Andy. Uh, This has been uh, on repeat for me for about a week or so. Uh, it's a new one from Voyage. It's kind of chill wavy, synth wavy, I guess, but there's something special about it. Uh, it's called Lumen. 
right, and that was Lumen by Voyage. And that was a cool song, and we're back. The Marco and Andy Power Hour. Today we are talking about fucking Miami Connection 1987. I guess I should set the stage. I'm assuming everyone who listened to this podcast has probably seen this movie already, and like I'm late to the party. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out if I can explain the plot here real fast. So the movie starts, and there's like a drug deal going down, and then it gets sort of intercepted by ninjas, and they're all, they're all dressed in black, and then there's like one leader ninja who's dressed in white. But these aren't the, none of these people are good guys. But even though they get like the whole first part of the movie, and then it turns out that the ninjas are bad too. And then it cuts to this band called is what? What are they called? Are they Dragon Dragon Force? Sound? Dragon, Dragon Sound. Sound. Cuts yeah. to Dragon Sound with an amazing fucking song, which again I'm assuming everyone's heard. Yes. That's how I found the movie through that song. Yeah. The Friends Forever <laughs> song, which is awesome. I think they also use that song in uh, the game Blood Dragon. They, they played that in during the credits, yeah. They do. I think it's at the end, isn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a really good song. <laughs> like It actually is. Actually, they're they're both obviously that song's a little better than the other song, but the other song's still pretty good too. Attack of the Ninja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah. So then there's this band, and then it turns out that the uh, there's like a local biker gang who are affiliated with the ninjas and the leader of the gang who has an office in like a gym yes i guess or whatever his sister is dating like one of the guys in the band and uh and he doesn't like that because they want that band out of there and then it turns out there's another band that got kicked out and they want revenge because they wanted their band to be the band that plays at this club. Oh, man. And you know, what I love about this movie yeah. is everybody knows Taekwondo in it. I know. They come back to get mad at the fucking owner of the club, like the old band, and then the owner of the club is just wicked in karate. <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> and, then, and then they go to the restaurant and they fuck with the restaurant that they hang out with, and then the fucking That's chef right. of that restaurant also is fucking Taekwondo. Knows Taekwondo, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like I was saying, like, because it feels like it's written by, like, a kid. It's like, they kept on settling the score with almost, like, these schoolyard brawls. Right. Where, like, the gang would show up and they would fight. Yep. And there wasn't really any, like, consequences to the fight other than, like, people got hurt. But even then. But at the beginning of the movie, there's full-on killing in this yeah. movie. Like, the ninjas are killing people, like, cutting off yeah. a dude's arm and people are getting blown away. And then for a big chunk, it's like these school kids who are having these brawls outside of the school. <laughs> and then it just escalates to, like, full-on yeah. violence where, like, people are dying and, like, falling off shit and getting stabbed with swords and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's so silly because it's like for half of this thing, it's just like it was being solved like kids would solve a problem. And then it just escalates. And, <laughs> dude, I was fucking laughing. Like, I just, it was so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. It's one of a kind. It really is. I, I, I found it in, like, 2013. I think I just got in the Synthetics Facebook group. And, I'm you know, I was like, wow. Was, you know, everything kind of blew up for me with Synthwave, meeting all these people that had the same interests as me. And, anyway, we used to hang out and plug DJ back in the day. And Corey, my friend, used to play uh, that song, you know, Friends for Eternity or whatever, by Dragon Sound. I was like, what? You know, is that from a movie? Because you can see the clips in it. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. you got to see Miami Connection, dude. You haven't seen it yet? So I checked it out. I was like, oh, man, this is fucking amazing. You know, 
And I kind of read up on it a little. It, it, it's it's crazy because I mean I think I guess the whole uh, premise for the movie like because it, it came out and, and nobody liked it and it kind of got forgotten and then it got re-released in 2012. I guess somebody discovered it again and uh, Draft House Films end up restoring the film, re-releasing it, and then all of a sudden it just kind of blew up. You know, obviously not to like mega proportions, but people finally appreciate <laughs> how <laughs> fucking ridiculous it is. You know, <laughs> uh. yeah, like. It it is uh, it's a special thing, man. Like I loved it. I loved all the characters. It has all the hallmarks of uh, a cheesy B movie. Like it's got the ADR dialogue. There's so many scenes where they had to fill in the blanks with characters talking. Yeah, where you don't see their mouths moving. Where like it shows like a wide shot. <laughs> and it's like, and then of course, then we'll deal with those gangsters and blah blah. And like, but they're not saying any of that. Like it's like right. they're just walking like. Dude, there was so much of that. And then just the the main characters themselves, because like you said that they were college students, I didn't even pick up that they were students until way later in the film. Like, I I know the one guy in the band goes to pick up the girl because she's in the college or the university and she's in like a coding class or something. Which is another amazing scene because, like, right. the teacher's, like, walking by praising everybody for how do- good they did at coding. <laughs> and then, like, kind of walks past her computer and is like, that's a good circle. And, like, keeps yeah, walking. that's like, a good circle. Like, <laughs> like she's making a circle with code or something. Like, <laughs> And then her boyfriend oh. shows up. To be fair, now that I rewatch it, he did have a book under his arm. But when I first saw it, I just thought it was, like, you know, older guy going to pick up his college girlfriend or whatever. Like, that's kind of what I thought it was. Because, like, the one guy in the band is, like, a mullet and a mustache. YK Kim looks like he's fucking 38. <laughs> so, like, he doesn't look like he's part of... You know what I mean? Like, it just was so... that weird eye makeup, too. I don't know what's going yeah, on well- <laughs> But they all show up, like, when they're in trouble. Yeah, always. When her brother confronts him, and then the fucking... This is what you keep quoting to me in our message chat or whatever. I'm I'm not afraid of you at all. At all. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I, like... It was so amazing. Like, that was another thing. That was just another level that added to the amazing... (laughs) Just the amazingness of this... I know amazingness isn't a word, but... Was YK Kim's acting? Because it was, like, so bad. It's awesome. Yeah. And, like, that all of his lines are, like, dubbed over, and they're still bad. (laughs) Like, you feel like he probably redubbed his lines to get the pronunciations closer, but, like, they're still really bad, which is awesome. So I just love that (laughs) even in ADR, they couldn't really improve it that much. And then, oh, then we have the fucking, the guy, fucking Jim's letter when he discovers his dad and has that emotional fucking monologue. (laughs) (laughs) God. Um... Listen, we gotta. You gotta play me another song, or is it? Aren't you gonna play one? Your turn, mate. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, cool. Yes. I got. Uh, I got a track here from Mellow. This is a cool synth pop track. This is uh, Black Leather Fantasy.
And that was Black Leather Fantasy by Mello. And I am here right now with Marco because this is the Marco and Andy Power Hour. We're talking about Miami Connection. I apologize to the audience if you haven't seen it and this seems very <laughs> like what the hell are these we guys talking about cuz you got to watch the movie. Listen, I'll give tell you a little secret out there. Uh, it's on YouTube. Some guy uploaded the film so you can just kind of watch it there. The whole movie's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Although mm-hmm. After I saw it, I was like, I think I want to own this, like, on Blu-ray. But I went to Amazon, and the Blu-ray was, like, $67. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe... Maybe when it goes down a bit. That reminds me. I was like, "What is that no from?" And I just remember because I just watched. Uh, I was watching RoboCop two the other day, <laughs> and there's that scene at the start where RoboCop breaks into the drug factory, oh. and uh, he's shooting all the dudes, and like, and then the one guy takes a hostage. He takes like a lady hostage. Like, I'll do it, man. I'll fucking kill her. And then like RoboCop just, we don't want that. I'll shoot her, man. No. <laughs> and, then, and then RoboCop like arcs the bullet so he shoots the guy in the head by pinging it off the fucking uh, anyway um the fucking uh I, th- I also feel like in the final battle scene the last ninja wasn't even played by the actor who played the dude that was so obvious like <laughs> i watched it the other night again and first thing it was like man that doesn't even look remotely like him he's not even asian for starters <laughs> and then his whole body type is completely i said is that must be another white ninja and i'm like no there's only one white ninja i'm sure of it so i'm like who's this guy and then you <laughs> realize no it really has to be him it's so bad jesus christ worst stunt double ever i feel like the guy even had like a mustache i swear there yes! was some sh- i Did said you- that too I, at one point his mask lifts up i said he's got a fucking beard or something under there 
<laughs> I mean, how do you fuck up a stunt double so bad? He's literally dressed in white and there's nothing to see apart from his eyes and they still fucked it up completely. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, the easiest stunt double role you could ever play, surely. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I, I, I totally noticed that, like, right as the fight oh, was going on. I'm like, what? Immediately, yeah. But I was thinking, like, none of these people are, like, famous actors. So, like, no. why couldn't they get that guy back for that scene? Like, I don't get it. Was that guy too important? I guess so. But, yeah, so I love, I'm just going to, like, skimming through now. So there's that scene where they talk about how important it is that they get rid of Dragon Sound. And then the movie has two musical numbers where they play the entire song. So, like, when, when Dragon Sound performs, they don't, like, shorten the song mm. or whatever. It's, like, they're big, like, fucking four or five minute long scenes where they just play the whole song. And it's awesome. <laughs> like, I just love that it never stops. Like, you're waiting for, like, they're not going to play the whole song, are they? And then they take... There's this big, there's a street fight, which was awesome. Again, it's like the, the violence is so weird and inconsistent, right? Like, so some people are just getting, they get punched in the face and then they fall over and then they will just be like the occasional, like, really crazy bit of violence where like someone just gets like smashed in the head or like, there was actually a kick that I thought was really good. Like, YK Kim did like this jump, double jump kick thing. Yeah. And I, when I was watching it, like, I actually went like, whoa, like, that was good. Like, yeah, <laughs> as I was some, watching the film. He's got some moves. Yeah, he's definitely got some fucking moves. He's a tiny little guy, though, especially uh, compared to his uh, co-star, you know. Yeah. The tall Irish fucking he's like twice his height, but yeah. um but no, he's very acrobatic and shit, right? He um yeah, he's got the moves. Yeah, because I thought like the fight scenes weren't like it's you know, sometimes when you watch movies like this, they can be like so incompetent that you don't know what the hell is going on or whatever. But like mm. this movie still had enough going on that yes, it's ridiculous and it is so bad it's good. But I think like the score was like legitimately enjoyable. The musical numbers were good because the songs were were fun, like eighties like synth pop tracks. The fight scenes were okay. Like, I'm not going to say, like, mm. these fight scenes are so bad. Like, they were fun. Like, he was doing real moves. And, like, there were some scenes that were funny because they put them in slow motion and that showed how the choreography was being done. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> why'd they put that shot in slow motion? Like, you could just totally tell the guy was getting ready to dodge the punch and stuff. But it was still, like, it was still enjoyable to watch. And then there would just be these occasional scenes where it just got, like, really violent out of nowhere. Especially, like, when it got, like, the swords at the end and there was, like, a lot of blood. The one dude, like, when he stabs the one ninja and then just blood just spraying all over his face and slow so motion. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when that dude does the monologue about finding his dad for like three minutes, they keep on going, what's in the letter? Well, no, tell us what's in the letter. What's in the letter? It's like, I'm not going to tell I you. And they know. won't. <laughs> and it just that whole scene going. is so full on. I know. Because he's holding a letter. He won't give it to him. And like, he keeps playing games like, yeah, grab the letter. You know, he goes to grab it and he pulls it away. You know, so he keeps doing it. And then everybody comes out, like, all concerned, what's going on? Hey, hey, everything okay? What's going on? You know, it's like, it's this whole big fucking thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're just playing around. And then, oh, it just happens to be a letter about his fucking dad, you know? And then everybody, they're so supportive of each other. Like, it's so over the top. You know, it's like... That's what makes this movie so special. It's like... How once someone's upset, they're all just standing around serious. There, there's a lot of like scenes where they'll just like hug each other for no reason, or like <laughs> when they're standing around, they'll put their arms around each other and like smile at each other and shit. It's just like they're just such good friends. Like this sort of movie kind of stands unique in that way of like the so bad they're good movies. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's that weird earnest friendship thing that's like it almost was like heartwarming. Like you know when the movie was over, like it was it was mm. funny, but at the end I like I felt kind 
kind of good after watching it, <laughs> like just because like yeah. they're just good friends, man. Because I was I was thinking like, is this movie going to go really crazy at the end where like they get killed and stuff? And I thought Jim was dead. Yeah, right. Because he full on got that sword slice. But then like, I know you're kind of sad. You're like, oh wow, shit, you know. But you knew it's that scene where he, he does get sliced and you think he's dead, and then that Kim character turns up and he's just like, no, and he's like on top of him and there's like ninjas everywhere. He's like, dude, you what about the ninjas? <laughs> Like you gotta, sp- he spends like five minutes with his friend. I'm like, dude, what about the ninjas? <laughs> what about the ninjas? <laughs> I know. He's like, he's just got his back to him. He's just like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll be all right. <laughs> it just seems crazy to me. But um, look, we got to keep talking, but we got to go to a break. All right? Okay. Honey, what the fuck is this goddamn raccoon doing on the couch? <laughs> That's our new friend, Petey. He's a fucking raccoon, you fucking bitch. Whoa, hey, I'm just a raccoon. It, it fucking ducks. And I sing too. No, not in my fucking house, you don't. Ah, come on. Look at my cute little hands. I'm like people. Honey, is this fucking witchcraft? Yes. What? Let me explain. Look, I was getting chased by cops, and I used an ancient spell to send my soul into the body of a raccoon. That seems like a lot of effort to not get caught for petty crimes. (laughs) They weren't petty. They're Petey. I'm Petey. Petey, what the fuck did you do? Your friendly neighborhood raccoon Petey has just been canceled by HBO Max. Hello, this is God. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Today I would like to personally acknowledge Sarah Buchelman, Tim Carlton, Rachel Buchelman, Alex Seligson, and Mr. Magoo Samurai. All right, and we're back. The Marco and Andy Power Hour. We are uh, we're chatting about Miami Connection. One thing we uh, we haven't talked about yet was there's this beach scene. Yes. Holy shit! (laughs) I laughed so hard. First of all, the whole thing was ADR dialogue, and it never matched their mouths. Like, one of my favorites was, like, Jim is, like, he's in the back of the the car, and they're, like, looking at babes on the the beach, and he's like, ooh-wee, and his mouth didn't say wee, (laughs) like, it just said wow, or is it vice versa? (laughs) And then one of the lines was... (laughs) It just shows this chick's ass, and then it was just, they don't make buns like that at the bakery. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> yeah. died laughing. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of parts in this movie where I almost felt like they were making it up, like the dialogue. That's why there were these scenes that went on for a long time where there was a lot of like repetition to what they were saying. But especially in that scene where they're like, what's in the letter, man? Like that scene. Yeah. Like some of the bad guys when like the sister would visit the brother, and the bad guys were like taunting her and stuff, and it just felt like... They're making this shit up. <laughs> like they, this isn't written down. Yeah, yeah, and like, and like I was saying, the continuity between certain scenes. So the character Tom, I believe, he's got the mullet and the mustache, right? He's a guy that gets thrown. Um, I don't know. He ends up in that pack of girls somehow, and they keep kicking yeah. him to try and get him off. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a weird <laughs> scene too. You talk about the bit. But he just gets kidnapped, right, in the car, right? And they're all in the house. Mm. And the next... So they tie him up in this weird fucking abandoned factory or whatever it is. And the next scene, they're all there. They turn up, his buddies, to save him. Mm. It's like, 
how do they know he's gone? How do they know where he is? Like, it doesn't explain anything. <laughs> just the, literally the next scene, they are there to save him. It's like, like shit like that. It's like, I don't know. I just love it. It doesn't need an explanation, you know, at all. And then there's that <laughs> whole scene where they, they're practicing Taekwondo, which is also a weird scene, too, because, like, do you know where the one fight ends where, like, YK Kim, like, kind of puts his fist yes. into the Israeli guy's mouth? <laughs> That's like, so weird. Just kind of holds it there for too long. <laughs> And it's a really weird scene. <laughs> and and then they sit down to talk and he just talks about how they should be like an international band and it just keeps going. We're like, and then we'll visit oh, different countries, yeah. the countries that where families are from, and then lists all the countries. <laughs> and like, it's just... So weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're kids. It's so weird. It's yeah. like, it's like they're children. <laughs> like it, the way that they're talking, like it's, it's fucking so good. Oh my God. I know. And then by the end of it, they got all these dreams of, of all this peace and, and harmony and being together and then they're killing all these people you know and, and I know it's for a good reason I guess but then at the end it's what was that what was that fucking title at the end like it says something oh, about oh, 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 uh, ending we can violence only or something only through the elimination of violence can we achieve world peace <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most violent movies I've ever seen what <laughs> well you know what was amazing too this might have been my favorite thing of all was that the girl's brother, like who's the like one of the yeah. bad guys, uh, they he ends up dying, right? Like he falls he off dies. that fucking ledge, and then when her boyfriend apologizes for it, yeah. it's like so like it doesn't matter. It's just like hey, anyway, sorry about what happened. Yeah, yeah, you know it had to be done though. And then like he just starts kissing her, and it's just like I know he fucking killed her. Brother. I know. <laughs> And again, it's literally the next scene. Like, literally. It's like, yeah. wait, wait. Because <laughs> like, I saw that. Are they going to skip over what just happened? Her brother's <laughs> fucking dead, and he killed him. Like, are they even not even going to... Oh, no, they talk about it. They'll just brush over it real quick. It's amazing. Amazing. Because they're literally there to go fucking bring Jim to the store to buy a suit to go see his dad. I, that's why I, like, I knew something yeah, bad yeah, was going to happen That's to the him. important thing. We're going to be here for Jim. That's the important yeah, thing. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, you killed her brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like what a uh, what a oh, it's so good um it really is listen uh, you want me is to it play your turn song? or my turn to play yeah, 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 yeah. it's my turn <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie you really gotta see it I mean fucking hell just anyway uh, yeah I got a new one here from Alt 236 uh, group I just discovered and it's from an album called Anemia uh, it's pretty good stuff it's actually uh, quite varied all sorts of stuff um, in there but uh, the one that stands out to me is called Time Travels.
All right, and that was Time Travels by Alt 236 or Alt 236. It's always the tricky thing when you have a band that's just got numbers like that. You don't know how they say it. Or is it Alt 236? Who knows? Could be, could be. The point is, that's the Marco and Andy Power Hour. We're all very excited about... Miami connection. I hope I can find more gems like that. Like this this was yeah. really special, so I hope I didn't like ruin it by watching like one of the best ones because you, you have I think yeah it's clearly like it's not yeah I, I, I was gonna say I was gonna read some emails that I got from uh, some listeners but I forgot I got this email the other day and it wasn't in my junk folder and I don't think it was junk huh. but it was written in German <laughs> and it was like addressed to me and there was no other letter and it was like Liebe Eltern de Balschulen Conan Morgan I mean I can't read German Kraken half leader Nick Statifying. So I ran it through Google Translate, and it said, and it was from Bestigrub Dominic, and it said, Dear parents, unfortunately, the ball schools cannot take place tomorrow due to illness. I apologize for this. Thank you in advance. And I was trying to figure out what the fuck the ball schools were, and I like why this was fucking sent to me, because like it wasn't junk. So I feel like there's some German dude who has like my same, because of my personal email, it wasn't beyond synth. Yeah. This is just, I guess, an all call to any German listeners I have. What is ball schools? Is that a thing? <laughs> so I'm assuming it's like school, like they play ball, but like, is there such thing as a school where you just... Ball, you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, it's so random. I want to go to a school of balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like German doesn't translate well when you do Google Translate to English. So there's probably lost some stuff there, I, I believe, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably just like fucking basketball practice and then fucking Google changes it to ball schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was from uh, Mike Go Visit Andy. Says, hello, Mr. Andy. Just checking in here. How's everything going? Hope everything is cool, because you're cool and a stand-up righteous dude, although we never met. Says, hey, man, I just wanted to say I noticed those joke ads you put together on the recent Power Hour episode. That is fucking amazing, my man. That's comedic gold right there. See, I chose to read this letter just because it's all complimentary. <laughs> I really hope that kind of content comes up regularly from now on. This is how old this letter is. I think this was written after, like, the first episode of this season. I knew uh, you had a cool sense of humor, and obviously you're a creative entertainer, but I didn't expect... Oh, no, now I feel bad for reading this, oh, because it's, just, <laughs> it's very complimentary. Anyway, he's basically saying he appreciates the work, so thank you, dude. I'm glad you like it. Sorry, I feel weird reading a letter that's that complimentary. I didn't realize that halfway through. Uh-huh. Um, but thank you for your uh, your kind letter. That's very nice. Yes, it is fun to make the commercial break things. I know, like, Marco did one, so they're always uh, fun to do. Did I? Yeah. Remember the the fucking uh, the Mike Shima. Oh yeah, yeah. The battle Jesus spiders. Christ, how the yeah. fuck did I forget that? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know how. I got a bad memory, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> memory. That's it. Gonna laugh the crack. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing. I mean, I don't think there's any point in saying this now, but um, a listener called Gray Shirt Problem mentioned this is probably at the very beginning of the season. There's a track by Wave Shaper, and I said it was EP Rom, mm-hmm. and apparently it's pronounced Eep Rom. Jesus, Andy. Which is some computer thing that I don't know about. So I apologize for that. computers, you would know that. So, okay. I wanted to correct you too when you said it. I remember. I just didn't want to come across <laughs> as being smug, you know. Oh, sure. What is EPROM? Uh, how much time do I have? Um, <laughs> wait a second. Googling now. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> it's a raisable, programmable, read-only memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
God, that's my favorite thing, man. What? You know, whenever I have a fucking problem on the internet, <laughs> yeah. and I go to Google, I can't find an answer or whatever, or what, I'll try different search engines, and if I can't figure it out, there's something I'm trying to figure out and it's just hard to search for, I might write, you know, on Twitter or in my Discord or whatever, you know, like, hey, like, uh, does anyone know anything about this thing? And then people will just go and fucking do a Google search <laughs> and just send me the Google result. <laughs> yeah. And every time that happens, I'm always like, dude, like, I know how to fucking use Google. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have asked this question. Like, I tried that already. I tried Google. Like, that's why I'm asking you. And whenever they do it, even if they mean well, I feel like there's sort of an implicit, like, you think I don't know how to use Google? It's insulting. Like, I could have done that. Like, I could have taken less time and instead of writing this question, typed this same text into Google. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, listen. Yes. Let's, uh... You gonna play a song? <laughs> you better play yeah. a song. You're getting worked up, mate. <laughs> Is it your turn or my turn? I'm pretty sure it's your turn. Okay, then I got a track here from Stills, and this is a, a cool track. It's called Holding On to Yesterday, featuring The Encounter.
All right, and that was Stills with the track Holding On to Yesterday featuring The Encounter. And that is a cool song, and we are back. Marco and I are back. Yes. The uh, Marco and Andy Power Hour. We are watching Miami Connection. Chester has just joined me. Aw, Chester. Gotta be quiet, dude. His purr is so loud, so I don't want him near the microphone. Don't Ash, mess around. My cat. Ash is on my lap right now, and he's pretty loud, too. I know sometimes you have to edit out the purring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chester's been going crazy lately. He's been, like, jumping on my desk, and he's, like, knocking stuff over. Aw. He's lucky. He's cute. <laughs> you're lucky you're cute, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I have a, one. I think I got another letter here. Yep. I got one here from... Uh, Tatsuya Miwa. This was probably another one from like four months ago. Says, uh, hi, Andy. Thank you very much for the birthday shout out. I gave him a birthday shout out. Nice. Just so happens that I love Hellraiser movies, especially the first two, yes. which made the birthday wish extra special. Yes. Maybe we were talking about Hellraiser. I don't know. Yeah, probably. The Marco and Andy power hour is great. You mimicking Marco was hilarious, and the fake commercial breaks are super funny. <laughs> uh, thank you for continuing to bring us weekly entertainment. I hope 2023 will be a fantastic year for you and the Beyond Synth family. P.S. My favorite Christmas movie is The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, shit. Did he write this? Like, when did he write this? Jesus, Andy. <laughs> <feel> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. Yeah, well, thank you. Tetsuya Miwa. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Yep. No, thanks for the kind words. When were we talking about Hellraiser? Oh, I feel okay. like he probably wrote me this email in... October or something. One of the patrons would talk to one of the Kyles, probably. I don't know. Yeah, lots of Kyles. Yeah, there is in the scene. Yep. Yeah, I should probably watch some of those too as well. Like I've said before, like I just watched the special effects scenes from Hellraiser, so I still have never really watched uh, the movies in their entirety. Hellraiser 1 and 2, he's correct. Very, very good movies. Very dark. It's both, actually. Like, super dark. I I love them. You probably like number three, too. I reckon you like number three, too. That nightclub scene is pretty cool. Have you seen... Because um, when I was watching all those full moon pictures, and then pictures. <laughs> I was on Tubi. There's some actors who I didn't realize were like these staples of like these B-movies that like There's I didn't realize they had these whole careers. Yes. The guy who's... The, the reanimator guy? Yes. Well, who is that dude? Because all of a sudden I clicked on one movie, and then there was all these movies where he's like the fucking star. There's that weird movie yeah. where he's that... They open up a portal to like another dimension or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From beyond or beyond, I can't remember. Yeah, that one's pretty good too. Yeah, and then he was also uh, he played a a really good role in Fortress with Christopher Lambert. He was really good in that. Because I think I, I mentioned, I think it was during the the, the roundtable that I had watched some weird movie about a wizard. Yes. It was like this sort of magical wizard who has this fight with Brian Thompson, who played Shao Kahn and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I think he's also the bad guy in Cobra and uh, mm-hmm. some other movies. He's in Terminator 1 as one of the punks. And I think he was the lead in that, too. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, you're talking about Jeffrey Combs, sorry. Was um, that his name? The guy from, yeah, from Reanimator and From Beyond and all that, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, because once I saw one movie, then I started recognizing him in all these other films. I'm like, holy shit! Like, there's so much shit I don't know about the fucking the B movie world, you know? Yeah, he played that. He played. Uh, I mean, he's, he pops up in all sorts of shit, a lot of B great stuff, and he kind of edging on some mainstream stuff, but he never really broke in, you know, at all. But no, the guy's a legend. Yeah, um, he also he was also in a cool episode of uh, Star Trek: Next Generation where he played a, a, an officer or whatever. But he was a bit of an asshole in that, but uh, he was pretty good in that too. He pops up all over the place, mate. Are you watching Picard? No, I'm not. I, I, I don't watch a lot of series at the moment. Are you? Uh, no. <laughs> Before I even 
would entertain that. Like, I should probably go back and watch more of Next Generation because the only ones I watched was when Florence and I, for a while, were watching yeah. Star Trek episodes. So. Well, I made an effort of it. I got to halfway through season two and I was like, Jesus Christ, there's like 20-something episodes a season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of does get a little repetitive. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's a lot to sit through. Yeah, I wonder what the correct balance is because there are some things I've started watching, although I was going to save talking about them until we do the round table mm. because we brought up a bunch of shows and stuff because I did I started watching Sopranos finally yeah we've been having these conversations lately about how like there's there's been these shows that people have been saying are like they're always in everybody's top 10 and I'm watching all this fucking mediocre shit and it's like dude like I gotta really just why not just watch the shows that everyone has been saying are, are good this whole time you know mm. so mm-hmm. I got Sopranos lined up I got uh, The Wire I haven't started The Wire yet I'm almost debating watching things in the right order, but I, I don't know if that's, like, too dorky. Like, like I was thinking, you, you can never replicate watching the show as it was week to week. Like, that's a special thing that you can't ever, you know, get back. Mm. But <clears throat> sometimes I feel like I, I might try and artificially do it, you know, in between seasons of Sopranos. Like, maybe, like, wait a week or something before starting season two just to let, like, a season finale, like, sink in before starting sink the next in. season. It's, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just rushing through it. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it more when we do, like, a roundtable, but, like... Mm. I'll say right now, it's a very watchable show. It's just so easy to binge. Like, when I first started watching it, it's like, you know, it's it's good. I don't think it's it's totally, like, sunk in the greatness of it yet. Like, I appreciate that I'm watching a good show. Hmm. But what I will say is it's really, like, easy to just watch and then just play the next episode and play the next episode. And I come back every day and I just keep watching more. Like, there are some shows that are good, but they sort of drain you. Hmm. Like, it's hard to binge. I don't know if you... Did you ever watch... Six Feet Under? No, I never did see that one, no. Six Feet Under, the first season, I remember, was really good. And it was like Alan Ball was the guy who did fucking uh, American Beauty. And I remember that show had, like, that cool feeling of, like, it was depressing because it was dark and dealt with a funeral home and death and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it always ended with these kind of emotional resolutions that felt really satisfying. It felt like it made you feel good, even though the show dealt with depressing subject matter. But then as that show went on, they leaned into the fucking depressing, like, hardcore. And that's why I did that show left, like, a bad taste in my mouth, because I watched the whole thing. And I just remember, and everyone, it, it was critically acclaimed, and it was still good, mm. but it got so depressing like it was like such a depressing show and like just the shit they fucking put the characters through and it was like and it sucked because the first season was like it was almost a feel-good show even though it was dark a bit Mm -hmm. and then it just got to this point where it was just like oh my god the point is that it was draining to watch it was like what the fuck so i'll say so far with sopranos it's just a fun ride and funny and that's all i gotta say (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah no i never i never caught up with that one but what was it about Six Feet Under was about a funeral home. Oh, that makes sense. It was called Six Feet Under, yeah. They worked at a funeral home, but there was all this interpersonal drama with the family. The guy who played Dexter, um, he played the brother and he was gay. I feel like in the first season, maybe he was like secretly gay. And then so that was his whole drama. And then the dad dies, who runs the funeral home. Mm -hmm. So now the kids have to sort of look after it. And then every episode, the characters would like 
see the ghost of the person who died that they were working on. Jesus. It would sort of teach them a life lesson, though. Like, it's hard to explain. It, it, it had the tone of American Beauty and that, like, it, it was sort of a feel-good... Mm-hmm. It made you feel good. Like, it was, like, the life-affirming message. Like, they would talk to a ghost and the ghost would, like... But it was sort of unclear, like, because every character seemed to have interactions with the ghost, but it was never clear that the ghosts were real. Like, so it's not like a supernatural show. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, it, is them talking to this character just in their head a way to work out their problems? Like, it was never, it was never like, it's a haunted fucking <laughs> funeral home. Like, it was just sort of, it's like kind of metaphorical whether or not what was going on. And the show had this fun gimmick where at the start of the episode, you would always see the death scene mm-hmm. of the person who was going to be in the funeral home and and the death scene would often have like a funny or dark comedic twist to it. So you think, you, you see someone walking along their day and you're guessing oh, like, oh, they keep on walking by all this dangerous equipment and that's what's going to kill them and then some other random thing happens and then for the rest of the episode that's the corpse that's in the morgue. Oh, Even that stuff got really dark. Well, there was a point mm. where they got mean. Like, there was a few that were mean. I remember they really stuck with me. Like, the death scenes were like, they just made me feel bad like it was just like oh that was awful like there's one where a guy's like rescuing a lady in a fucking elevator because it's like halfway down and she won't get out because she's too afraid and the guy's trying to help her and then the fucking elevator snaps and rips the dude in half nice and i just (laughs) what the hell i just remember it was so mean though because it was like dude like that dude was trying to help and like and then there was one where this guy gets in a fight and this girl's in like a 12-step program and she has to make amends with people and like the last person she makes amends with is like one of her old boyfriends but then during her apology makes the guy upset and he's like why wouldn't he gets mad at her and he like kind of shakes her and sort of pushes her and then she falls and like gets impaled on like a fire poker what the hell kind of show is this well like well that was the thing because the the whole point was like every episode would start with a death scene and then that person who died would be the corpse in the morgue and that's the ghost they would talk to but then as the show went on they kept doing the death scene thing Mm -hmm. but sometimes the character had no part in the rest of the show so basically the show would just start with some fucked up death scene the thing was sometimes they were funny like there's this one where this old lady's driving and then all of a sudden there's like this sex shop where like all these like sex blow up sex dolls got like inflated and they flew into the air because i think they had like helium in them Mm -hmm. and then she looks up in the air and she sees all these like floating sex dolls and she thinks it's the rapture because she's like super religious right. and then she ends up like crashing her car because she's like distracted by all the things like like there's things like that where like they were kind of funny death scenes that were sort of cute or whatever and then sometimes they were just like mean where like you just see someone going about their day and they're like a nice guy and then all of a sudden they just get hit by lightning or like someone fucking smashes into them with a car or something wow. anyway that's yeah. six feet under so like I will say like the first season was good like it was actually a really it was HBO like it was a, it was yeah. a good show it mm-hmm. just, you know, sometimes shows go on too long and then the tone changes. and oh, Big time. Anyway, play me a song. All right. I got a new one from Unknown Anomaly and Vault Mother. A bit of a weird combination. They kind of make different music, but both the styles gel together and make a really good song. The song is called No Joy.
right, and that was No Joy by Unknown Anomaly and Volt Mother working together. And uh, that's been like the theme of this show because we've been talking about Miami Connection. Oh, yeah. Because it's the Marco and Andy Power Hour, and I'm here with Marco. Sorry, we just, I just ended up talking about fucking Six Feet Under for like... That's all right. To be honest with you, I think that's the first time I've mentioned it on the show in like 10 years. I'm pretty sure it is too, yeah. It's weird that I haven't, I haven't even really thought about it in years. Yeah, and it was funny because since it dealt with death, the finale shows you how all the characters die. Like it just, it did like, it kept skipping forward in time to show you how all the main characters eventually died. It sounds like a weird show now that you're t- hearing you talk about it. Uh, it sounds different. I mean, look, it's HBO and it was HBO at that time around like Sopranos and stuff. So like it was, it was a, quality program Mm -hmm. and I watched the whole thing because I was invested in the story you know when you start watching a good show and you get invested it's just in hindsight when I think back to that show I just think fuck that first season it just had a cool atmosphere for a show and then it just got fucking dark a kind of darkness that sticks with you Mm. like because it's just depressing you know what I mean it's come back to haunt you Andy yeah but I mean it was I think, I mean, I think it was still good, Mm. even towards the end. Like, I still think it was a good show. It's just changed. You know, sometimes shows do that. Like, the show you started watching in season one is just not the same show in season six or whatever. Like, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that does happen a lot. A lot of the shows go way off the rails. It's like, fuck it, you guys probably should have ended it a few seasons ago. That's why I like shows like Breaking Bad and that. You know, they could have kept on going and going, but no, let's just end it. On a high, and that's it. You know, no more. Yeah. I know that spin-off shit, and don't get me wrong, you know, but it, 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 they know when to end it, and that, I think that's really good, because that's very rare, very rare. Yeah, <clears throat> I think, I mean, there's no rule, obviously, because there is a few exceptions to shows that, you know, went on for mm. a long time, but I just think there is a rule with TV, where, like, I think there just can't be too much. Mm. Like, put it this way. Is there any TV show in history? Like, first of all, the amount of TV shows that end well or satisfying is already super low. Mm. It's probably going to be like fucking like 5% of all shows ever made that were great shows actually ended well or at least stuck the landing. But I don't think ever in the history of TV, maybe I'm wrong, that anyone considers the final episode like the best episode of the show like that's never happened right i don't think so usually now we consider it a victory if a tv show sticks the landing like it doesn't even have to be great it just has to be Mm. at least the finale didn't suck right like that's the fucking that's the bar for tv is like the baseline yeah (laughs) just don't fucking completely fuck it yeah they didn't fuck it up so that's a win like game of thrones yeah well game of thrones it was unfortunate because it was sort of like the final seasons so bad like it just started to slowly go down which was unfortunate it really was totally different pace feel everything just like it's like what happened yeah it sucks (laughs) man even the shows that we consider now like like i say because the baseline is sort of just at least they didn't fuck it up because i mean i felt that way about Breaking Bad to be honest with you like I think the height of Breaking Bad was season 4 oh I agree that was the height for sure and the fucking finale of season 4 is still the most fucking satisfying thing I think I've ever seen in my life like dude when when Buddy starts ringing the bell on his fucking chair like that whole moment was yeah the build up of like four episodes of just pure intensity just kept building and building and that's the special effect was great like Gus's 
scene. I know. Dude. You think he's all right, and then he turns his head, and you're like, <laughs> the shock. It's like, fuck. His whole face, half his face is missing. Yeah. It's like, God damn. <laughs> and he straightens up his tie, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. That was so fucking perfect. Like, yeah. Breaking Bad is one of those shows. The reason why I love it so much was that it still had that intensity, but they delivered these, like, Hollywood-satisfying moments but they earned them. Yeah. That's what made Breaking Bad so good. It, like for me, it's the same thing with my favorite movies. Like a lot of my favorite movies are still big Hollywood movies, but they managed to deliver those big moments and make you feel like it was earned, and you cheer, and you're like, yes. And Breaking Bad just delivered those moments. Like when fucking Walt rescues Jesse, mm. it was like at the end of like season three where he's about to get like killed by those gang members, and fucking Walt drives in with the car and like runs the one dude down. Yeah, that was like a Hollywood rescue. You know what I mean? Like, it was so perfect. But the buildup was so intense and awesome that that moment didn't feel cheap or fake to me. It just made you cheer. It was like, fucking right. (laughs) When Hank Schrader, you remember that scene where he's in the fucking... Yes. The the parking lot with the twins? Yeah, it's fucking intense. Dude, and he's fucking trying to put the bullet in, but his hands are too slippery with the fucking blood, and he has to get the bullet in the chamber. Like, dude, that scene was like, that's a fucking Hollywood moment. Yeah. And it was so sad. Satisfying. Oh, just scenes like that. Like Breaking Bad was full of that. It really was. It would just deliver these epic moments. No, that, that show was incredible. Yeah, it's kind of cool seeing um, the relationship between watching um, Better Call Saul as well, seeing the relationship between um, Fring and and what's the other guy's name? The fucking... Um, fucking the Scarface guy. Yeah, Scarface guy. Oh, Jesus, fuck. I can't remember. What is his name? That actor's awesome. <laughs> fucking... Yeah, he really is. He, he plays that well, even though he never really says anything. Fuck's sakes. Like, I'll, I'll get it for you. Just give me a sec. Yeah, what is his name? Like, I I Because I, I'm behind. Like, I'm like two seasons behind on Better Call Saul. Oh, Hector Salamanca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hector Salamanca. <laughs> no, I just love seeing because what you're saying about that payoff and, and that how rewarding it is and, 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 you know, that scene. I've really enjoyed watching Better Call Saul and seeing that relationship between those two, how it built up to that point and it kind of explains everything. I almost wish I could see Breaking Bad after Better Call Saul in a way because then that would have even more meaning now because it's like, now I know why they're fucking, they had such a rivalry and stuff. I'm still two seasons behind on Better Call Saul, but like, whenever they do those flash forwards, that's the only reason why you can't watch it first. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I don't know the yeah. extent of how forward those things go. Honestly, it's not that bad. It's not like it ruins it if you would watch the set. You know what yeah. I mean? It really doesn't. It's. Um, well, I guess because it's primarily focused on him. Yeah. So like, but then you know he lives. You do know he lives. Yeah. The only issue I have with Sopranos mm-hmm. is now that I'm watching it late, they spoil things in the fucking image thumbnail. You know, like when you're watching on a streaming service. Oh, I hate that shit. There was one episode where Tony they were gonna whack him or whatever, and I didn't know that was coming, and then the thumbnail was literally the guy like sticking his gun in the window and Tony like grabbing it yeah. and I was just like well I guess someone's gonna try and kill Tony today like you know yeah, I didn't that know that was coming that and then the the worst one is the artwork for Sopranos overall mm-hmm. and look I only have myself to blame obviously like cause I could have watched this show like 10 years ago but when you literally click on it when you're in like the HBO app or whatever it shows like one of those publicity photos of like the cast mm-hmm. but I can tell by the age of the kids in the picture that I'm like, oh, this is probably a publicity photo for, like, season six. You're right. And so, 
everybody who's in that picture, I know, well, I guess you all live till season six because you're all in this picture, right? And then I can also see some people who aren't in that picture. And so I'm like, oh, so I guess I know some people who are going to get taken out before season six, you know, and it's so hard to avoid spoilers, even just a fucking thumbnail, right? It's crazy. I, I have that difficulty of when when I see an actor I recognize, I want to go to IMDb all the to time. Go, oh, who's that fucking guy? And every time you click on the actor, the first thing you see, Sopranos guest star on seven episodes. Yeah, and like, oh fuck. Well, I guess I know that oh, guy. Season th- one to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one to two. Oh, well, obviously something fucking happens to him. Then yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I do I that know. all the fucking time. I do it all the time too. I'll be watching a movie, anything, and I'm like, oh, I gotta look up all the cast. What are they being in? Where do I know her from? Yeah. What about him? I know him from something. You know, like... Oh, and especially when you're already, like, two episodes away from the finale of, like, season two, and then you read the thing, and, like, he's only in seasons one to two. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so not only do I know he's about to die, but he's about to die right now. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a little different, because I'm still just at the start of season two, so I'm, like, four episodes in right now. Oh, you got so much to go. So much good stuff. Yeah, and I, I was looking up the priest, because he, that actor was also in 24. Mm-hmm. He played, like, the asshole boss at CTU. And all I wanted was to answer the question, I feel like it was a different actor in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was it played by a different guy before it was played by that actor? And then I see he's only in 13 episodes. And I'm like, okay, he was only in like five or six in season one. So maybe he's the kind of character who pops in for like two episodes every season to like hit on fucking could Soprano's be. wife or whatever. I'm like, okay, that could be it. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if we're in season two and he shows up for like five episodes in a row, I'm going to be like, oh. Okay, <laughs> like Tony's gonna fucking kill this guy for hitting on his wife. Like, <laughs> but anyway, um, listen, I'm gonna play a song. Yes, you better. I think we're, we're already over. Uh, yes. Where oh, we we're yeah, we're over time. Okay, so le- <laughs> I'm gonna uh, play this one from Dead Rituals. Uh, this is a cool track. It's a remix. This is uh, Broken Memories, the Sight Telma Club remix. <laughs>
night. That was Broken Memories, the Sight Telma Club remix by Dead Rituals. And we're back. I'm here with uh, Marco. I'm Andy, because this is the Marco and Andy Power Hour. And we're just, uh, we're having a good time. That's right. That's right, you punks. I feel like... I had another letter to read. You got one more? Okay, I got a quick one here. Okay. It's from uh, Tomas Shimanek, who is a supporter of the show. He said, Hi there, Andy. The last time we've spoken, in quotes, it was through some chat where you and the gang hung somewhere around 2017 or maybe 2018. It was then when I asked you to interview Starkadian. <laughs> I was a patient bear for all those years. <laughs> and finally, you've delivered. Worth every penny I contributed to the show. Yeah. Um, I apologize for more uh, donations lately, but I'm unemployed at the moment. Hey, well, I, I, I'm going to send you positive vibes to get on your feet so you can <laughs> give me money. <laughs> Go get a job, Tomas. Uh, I'm just uh, kidding. It's yeah, important. Sending positive vibes, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm a programmer for Christ's sake. Get well sake. and get back to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says uh, he's a programmer for Christ's sake, and eventually he'll get back on track. So I remain positive. Fuck yeah. Well, we remain positive too, buddy. He says, I'd like to share a track with you, which I've discovered just minutes ago through Discover Weekly on Spotify. Hmm. I didn't find it in your database. So he says, here it is. He sent me a link. I'm going to say this to you, dude. He sent me a link to this artist called Joda, which J O D A. J-O-D-A featuring Robin Sherwell and I will say this dude I think their representatives actually like emailed me but I I didn't I wasn't recording any new interviews Mm -hmm. because um, I still had this back catalog when they messaged me but they sent me some preview of this album and uh, it was real I was listening to it I'm like actually this is fucking some real good synth pop so it's definitely stay tuned Tomas I don't know if I'll have them on as a guest but like I'll definitely dive into that catalog. I'm just like, like I'm six months behind on emails people send me and shit like that. Anyway, he says, uh, I wish you all the best and keep doing what you do best, being a loving father, husband, and a lousy podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm kidding, wink, wink. Nice. Cheers. English isn't my first spoken language, but I hope I'll get at least a B minus for you from this letter. Yes. Well, that was pretty good. Definitely. I've never heard the expression, I, I, I was a patient bear before, so... So that's a good one. I'll start using that. <laughs> I thought that might be a Canadian saying or something. No, no, no. I'm missing out on. Anyways, uh, thank you all. I, I keep... <laughs> Sorry. Today was full of a bunch of self-congratulatory letters. So listen, I, I'm happy for the positive words. So thank you for writing letters in. Fuck, I know you have one more song to play. Mm. We've gone way over time today. So fucking... But listen, we had to talk about that fucking movie, man. Like it was so good. Yeah, it was amazing. That was amazing. I, I probably did want to say one more thing, too. It's just, we've already run over, so we might as well keep going. That's all right. So, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> That's, this is the logic that gets me in trouble in the first place. Like, well, we're already over time, so let's go way more over time. <laughs> no, just that fucking group of ninjas. Like, it's supposed to, the, the first scene that you see them, they're supposed to be so formidable, and they, they like, they, they take out that gang, like, so easily, and they're incredible assassins. And then at the end, you see them and they're like there's that choreography where they're like doing that thing together like all these moves and they're, they're so out of sync oh yeah, yeah like they just look <laughs> terrible their suits look like shit like I was like man where do they get these fucking extras from and then the whole fight scene they're terrible they're just useless well the fact that they're beat by these two guys in the band right like <laughs> because the final fight is only the two of them it's only two of them but literally yeah it is because that one guy Jim gets hurt and he's just he's incapacitated well that's another thing too because he wasn't there the one friend the, the dude with the mustache and the fucking mullet isn't in the final scene like that final no, shot they're at home because they don't, they, don't, they don't go with him to go see his dad yeah. they stay at home for whatever reason <laughs> there's dad. only three of them 
one. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned at the start. <laughs> Dude, when the dad shows up and he's got the fake gray hair and the mustache, like... Uh, <laughs> I made the mistake once, and I'm never going to make the mistake again <laughs> of leaving my son. You know, I know that's like... <laughs> oh, my God. That final shot, too, of them just, like, all smiling. Like, he gets to meet his dad again. It's like this heartwarming ending yeah. of the friendship, and then they just walk down the hallway smiling. Yeah. God, if there's any moral to the story of this fucking episode... What is it? If you haven't seen Miami Connection, and I doubt that's true, I think I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. Probably. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, But if you haven't seen it, see it. It's on YouTube. If you like movies that are so bad they're good, I don't know how you haven't seen it already, but there's got to be more people like me out there who haven't seen this thing, and if that's the case, you have to watch it, because it is a very charming and silly film that was very, very enjoyable. Check it out, y'all. So I give it a fucking thumbs up. Check it out, y'all. And uh, on that note, how about you play me one last song and then we'll fucking uh, wrap up. All right, I got one more and it is from an artist I've just discovered who makes a little bit of a chip tune kind of stuff. Uh, this song really stuck out to me. It's really good, super catchy. And it's got a, I love the fast tempo and beat. The artist is Luke Hash. Lukash, I don't know how you pronounce that, Andy. Yeah, it's Lukash. Lukash. Yeah, Lukash, and the song is called "Video Games."
right, and that was Video Games by Lukash, and uh, that's a cool song. Yeah, he makes cool music. I played, I think I played some Lukash tracks before on the show. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I only just, um, I must have missed it, but I, uh, yeah, I only just discovered him, and I do like a lot of chip tune stuff, especially when incorporated kind of in a synthwave or metal, and he seems to be really good at that, so... Yeah, I think for me, I do like the traditional chiptune sounds, but I like when it's done with, like, modern... Modern, me too. The modern yeah. percussion. I think that's the thing that really helps, because, mm. you know, like, when people do pure chiptune songs, they have to use those, like, noise channels or whatever to do the drums, Drum so, like, the drums are often, like, fuzz or whatever, it's like or whatever. Yeah. So I like when there's like sort of incorporated like more modern uh, mm. percussion and drum sounds and things. And For sure, yep. That's my, I don't know why I'm saying that, but it's true. <laughs> I'm saying it because no, it's it true, man. True. Yeah. It's fucking true, right? <laughs> <laughs> But listen, we got to go. We've been talking for too long. Okay. Wasn't my original intention that we were going to record for like 32 minutes or something like when we do these shows? (laughs) And exactly four songs each should be like one hour. And we've already recorded for like an hour and 20 minutes. Fuck. (laughs) The point is this, man. Have a lovely week. I will. And you too. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I hope you liked Miami Connection as much as we did. Keep tuned in to Beyond Synth. Uh, Like the show on whatever platform you listen on. If you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, if you can like like it or subscribe or do all that stuff, I think that helps me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at this. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what helps me. But uh, and of course, if you uh, dig what uh, we're doing here at Beyond Synth, uh, support the show. Patreon, PayPal, all the links are there, and it uh, it helps. I don't know a way to end that sentence. <laughs> it just helps, man. It helps. It helps, guys. Okay, yeah. more than you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, so uh, keep uh, uh, have a fuck me. <laughs> Your endings are sometimes are like my beginnings. You know, like fucking <laughs> bad with the. <laughs> After talking about how these TV shows don't end well, and I think the same thing happens to me over the course of a podcast. It like starts strong and then uh, just goes to shit. Beyond Synth is cool. You're cool for listening. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It sounds like something I would do. <laughs> Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.